hey, you know what to do, you're grown, you know what's right. 19, 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast. I am Dylan Lark, at your boy the tank on Twitter, joined as always by my co-hosts, Harrison Tart and Daniel Locke, how y'all doing? Hey, we're doing well. Really good. Oh, go ahead. Daniel, I'm glad you're doing well. <laughs> doing great. Doing great. Um, beautiful day outside. Always fun to be here on the College Loop. And the XFL is back. The XFL is super back. Also, you know that we've been doing this podcast for an extended period of time because Dylan forgot what number podcast this is. Oh, and- crap. Uh, it's because we did miss an episode. We have to apologize for that because... We just had a lot of things going on. I went to the aquarium. Tar felt a little under the weather. Daniel, uh, what's going on with your day? Life got in the way uh, of the weekend. And you know what? Sometimes it happens. We promise it won't happen again. It won't happen this weekend. I'm going on a little vacation. These guys are going to rock out without me. You guys got full confidence in the Sunday show. Won't happen again. Thank you guys for understanding. We're glad you guys are locked back into the college loop. We're excited to have you back. And since we missed Sunday, it means we've got a busy show today. And we got okay. a really, really special episode today. And before I kick off with the XFL, episode 26 of the College Loop Podcast. And you're right, Daniel, the XFL is back. And there are seven Auburn Tigers on a roster. And believe me, it was really tough to find them all because <laughs> the XFL website is horrific. Not great. It's terrible. And if you want to go through, uh, Arlington Renegades are my team as it stands right now. And they also have the most Auburn Tigers on the team. One of them being South Canella, who had the best day out of all the Auburn Tigers. Seven catches for 70 yards in their 22-20 win over the Vegas Vipers. Sal was my first ever favorite Auburn player because of the toe tap he had in the 2019 Iron Bowl, which was my first year as an Auburn fan. So this guy was a special place in my heart. So glad to see him balling out. Yeah, he's one of those guys that's out forever going to live on that bubble of could make an NFL practice squad, could also make one preseason game, and also might play in the XFL forever. Yeah, he's been he's been everywhere. He's been the AAF, he's been the CFL, he's been the XFL, USFL, and he's waiting for that one NFL offer. Well, he played a preseason game with the Packers. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. Sure did. How did I miss that? But yeah, Mike Horton's also the on Packers. The- <laughs> Mike Horton's also on the Arlington Renegades, former offensive lineman. Uh, Devontae Lambert, former defensive lineman, got a tackle for the Renegades. Uh, then you got some of the other guys. DC Defenders has Gabe Wright, who did not uh, get a stat. Nick Coe, former uh, interviewee for one of my college assignments, got six tackles for the Orlando, Gar- uh, Orlando Guardians and their 33-12 loss against the Houston Roughnecks. Javaris Davis. Or is also on the Guardians and on the Vegas Vipers is Steven Roberts, former, I think he was, he was a former DB, I know, of course. I don't know if he ever tried his hand at wide receiver. But yeah, all Gus Malzahn guys, might I add. Let's put that out there. All of those Gus Malzahn guys. So you could say he's the uh, Auburn's XFLU and Gus Malzahn <laughs> is the XFL coach. So <laughs> Daniel, did you say you're also an Arlington Renegades guy? Um, I think I'm rocking with Orlando, but I just really love Sal Canoa. That's respectable. Uh, I'm I'm gonna rock with the DC Defenders because me cheering for a DC football team is really funny. So um, we're gonna we're gonna keep it moving and uh, and and talk some basketball. Dylan, what do you say? Yeah, let's let's get right into it. So yeah, Auburn basketball played this weekend, and that was just such a a fun game to watch. Uh, it definitely did not make me very upset, and I, I know we. we 
Tar kind of hopes and prays one day I'll be a little more conservative with my opinion on the Auburn Tigers, but uh, today is not that day. Uh, Auburn lost to Vanderbilt in Nashville, 67-65, in a game where I look back and I'm like, in the last two minutes of the game, what's the game plan? Because I saw Jay Will down by two, or down no, down by one, down by one point, got the ball, shot a three immediately, just threw up a three. And you're sitting there like, if you get a two, you get the lead. I don't know. Why are you shooting a three there? You, it makes no sense to do that. And we've seen it happen twice now um, in, in the last six games where Auburn has not had any kind of clock awareness uh, at that level. I mean, there's been a lot of non-awareness of where you're at in the, in the shot clock specifically. But uh, this this situationally, I mean, this team's just this basic basketball IQ stuff, guys. At the SEC level, you got to have it. And Daniel, I know I usually run point today, but you were there covering in person. I feel like it's very fitting if you if you really kind of give a breakdown today. If you, if you're if you're open, I know that I'm giving you all kinds of opportunities this week. You're gonna cover my butt on Sunday for uh, women's hoops as well, and uh, I appreciate you. But I was I was gonna kind of give you the reins today because I have some questions, and I'll be interested to see if if you if your initial reactions kind of kind of mirror them. Mine, I'll go and give you a little hint. They start with Wendell Green. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts. And, and I always think that there's a lot of value in having somebody on site that can kind of feel the vibes too, because there's a lot of this is like, okay, it felt like in the arena, this was the right decision to make on TV. We all knew it wasn't. Right. So just kind of the start off the day, it just kind of felt weird from the very beginning. So I get to the arena and they hand me a credential and I, I, I walk and I'm like, this is not my name. So then I head back. And I'm like, um, I'm not this guy. They're like, oh, who are you? I'm like, I'm this guy. They're like, so I was like, Good, All right, great, wonderful. That. So then I start walking up to like the media area, and then I look at my lanyard. My credentials no longer there. The little um elastic band had come off. Luckily, it was very close, so we're good, uh, or we were good. But anyway, then we get up there, and there's a TV hanging like right above my head of my seat. Uh, so I sit down for a second, do some work, stand up, bang. So Daniel yeah, was running that, the gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, so just a bunch of like everything that can go wrong is going wrong. And I'm like, oh, this is just man. And then the game starts. <laughs> and then the game starts. And every Auburn fan I know who made the trip said the same thing. It was god-awfully hot in that arena. I've never been so above temperature while doing something non-athletic indoors <laughs> in my life. So, yeah, just a weird game. Really just my favorite part was seeing Dylan Cardwell walk down the court trying to get the Auburn fans to bring the energy, which was awesome, and they did. And the Auburn fans who traveled did a wonderful job, and that's always great to see. To my understanding, it was an Auburn home game. It was. Um, not quite to the extent that some people are saying, but there was more orange and blue than uh, black and gold. Sure. And um, so, yeah, the vibes were there, really. Like, everyone was just kind of in a eh mood, but they got loud. And I don't know. There were just a lot of decisions in the foul calling on some of those. I just, I don't know. It was my understanding that you can't just go bear hug somebody. And I think that was Bruce Pearl's understanding as well. That's what he made it seem like. <laughs> apparently, the uh, SEC refs are not um, on par with that. But well, this, I don't know. that's all that's, that's all I'm gonna say on the individuals. But yeah, just kind of weird would be the best way to describe that game. Yeah, weird and also like the guard play was horrific, like really, really bad. Uh Wendell Green Jr. five points, Alan Flanagan five points, Steph Jasper scoreless, uh Trey Donaldson scoreless, Leor Berman had eight. Leor Berman, leading leading guard, eight. Katie Johnson, six. He's kind of faded again that's probably lovely for Auburn fans to think about it's 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 interesting for me to see now I want I want to put out there we've said this all week last week Vanderbilt's playing basketball as well as anybody in the country right now that's probably a tournament team you know I'm being so serious uh that that that's a quad one win they just picked up over Auburn uh, this past weekend and it, it 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 helps their resume maybe more than it hurts Auburn's uh but it's it's curious to me Janai Broom it feels like the pieces can't click at the same time. Like they wasted it all on Missouri. And, and I, and I'm almost curious if they did because Jani Broom dropping 20. Great. That's, that's where you need him to be in that 15 to 20 wheelhouse. Jalen Williams, 17. If you would have read those two stats off to me and not told me the final score of this game, I would have already told you Auburn won. 
And then you go down and Dylan harps on this all the time. He's right. All the time, Dylan talks about he needs to see more from this bench. He needs to see more production from this bench. The bench dropped by my my count. Now, my math is not good. We know this. 18 points? Yes. 18 to 65? 37 of your 65 points came from two hands. There was next to no offense outside of Janai Brim and Jalen Williams. And Jalen Williams is going to get a lot of crap because of that terrible decision that he took. And it, it was freaking bad late, late in the game to shoot that three. But at some point, if no one else is willing to do it, you got to try it. Yeah. So it, it's a lot, a lot of questions I have. And Auburn fans should be asking. I've said it a million times. I'll say it a million more. Bruce Pearl's the right guy. He's the answer at Auburn. He, he gave him a lifetime contract. Don't let him leave. Late game, maybe he needs to shake up the assistant coaching a little bit this offseason. And I'm not calling out names specifically. And if we get to that point where if some things that I've heard are kind of in motion are actually going to happen, we'll talk about it then. But game planning's been it's been bad, guys. It's just been flat out bad. And it, it looks like, you know, in football, you run the two-minute drill in, in practice. A lot. You run it a lot. Looks like in basketball, they don't run the – late game situation drill the two minute get the or the 30 second get the ball in or you know make sure you're getting timely fouls that make sense kind, kind of talking x's and o's and talking strategy because Auburn's got the, had the talent to win this game they had the talent to win this game with pretty much a piss poor showing from everybody but they didn't because late game there wasn't that internal clock that said hey don't do this let's run the clock down let's make sure we get in the paint go draw a foul I mean Auburn was also they didn't get to the free throw line. Uh, they only got the free throw line 10 times. And, and you, know, you can say all you want about the officiating. You still have to work the ball inside. There's really no excuse. So uh, there, there's just a lot of questions that, that need answered uh, before Auburn plays uh, plays ball with Ole Miss on Wednesday. And in this league, guys, nothing's a gimme. Nothing is a gimme. And 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 I feel like we've said this a million times, but Daniel and, and Dylan, I'm gonna, I'll let you guys go ahead and chime in here. Wednesday's a must win, and I think it's a must blow out. I think it's a, one of those games where you've got to go in and impose your will because people that are questioning Auburn and saying Auburn's suspect, Auburn's this, you know, Auburn may not be that good. There's some validity in these arguments. There is. There's a lot of validity. This has got to be a must win, right, Daniel? Yeah. Um, I would really, really like – I would even go beyond that. I would think you need about a 20-point victory here. Home crowd, penultimate home game of the year. Um, right before two tough, tough road games. Um, so you need it. You need it for your confidence as much as you need it for your um, resume. And I think they're going to be ready. Um, Kermit Davis, no disrespect to him. I like him a lot. Uh, I wish Ole Miss would sign him for life, but that's besides the point. Um, I just – he does a decent job with what he's been given there. So they're going to come to play, and you can't discount them. And Auburn's looked bad against the 1-3-1. Yeah, I mean, you, you saw Vanderbilt move to that one three one and 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 give Auburn fits, and and that's Kermit Davis's bread and butter. Yeah, Have, having a couple guards that can kind of shoot the ball, uh, that that are really defensive minded and hold up hold opponents to sixty five and under, really sick around that sixty sixty five range. If you can hold them to that sixty sixty five range, and you're running the one three one, one the other team's typically not in foul, foul trouble, uh, or your team's not in foul trouble, and and two, you're giving yourself a fighting chance that makes teams have to move their offense in ways that they're not comfortable with. So, I mean, Dylan, I, I'm not, it's not a cakewalk, right? No, no game of the FC is ever a cakewalk. And I mean, we said about a few weeks ago that this game should be the easiest game left on the schedule. It still is. And that schedule right after Ole Miss gets a whole heap, a lot of hard. Yeah. Because you look at the fact you got to go to Alabama is just the cherry on top to the end of the season for Auburn. I'm just looking at, I'm going to keep ripping on them a lot. I mean, the bench is just not there. I mean, Leor Berman, I love him to death. I love the Bermanator. One of my favorite players on the team just because, you know, I love the walk-ons. And, I mean, he led – he was third on the team in scoring. And he beat out Wendell Green, who leads the team in scoring. He Alan Flanagan, who uh, – where was he? Right. Zepp Jasper, I mean, he never really is the scoring type, but I mean, zero points is still zero points. Not, it's still zero points, especially when Auburn loses by two points. And I mean, I'm going to keep ripping, I'm going to rip on Jalen Williams a little bit because that three pointer, three point attempt was stupid. 
And you look at it, and uh, as soon as he missed that three, Vanderbilt went down the court and scored two. And then we had to rely on Katie Johnson to take one of his little confidence threes to tie the game. And that gave Vanderbilt 10 seconds left on the clock to win it. And you didn't wind up being able to set your defense. Another another point, and, and this is where I'm going to wrap it up. We're going to go talk some women's hoops. Because we got a packed show. We got Briella's coming on here in a little bit. Very excited about that interview. People should be excited about that interview. But I do want to talk about this. Alan Flanagan was the most notable member of the bit a little hard, a little too hard on that full court press. I didn't really understand the press uh, with, with 10 seconds left. I don't understand why you don't get back on defense. And if they're going to get to the rim, damn it, hack them. I, I, I didn't understand uh, I, I I was just kind of mind boggled. If if they go and they and they sink 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 for if 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 it worse comes to worse they have to earn it at the charity stripe. At least you made them earn it, and at least the clock stopped. It looked like Auburn had no idea that they were what, what defensive set they should be running. I understand sometimes you want to pressure and don't want to let them get in. You're playing to you're living for overtime now. You go to overtime, Auburn probably wins that game. Uh, I'll be honest, they, they they probably do, just because of out out endurance out a uh, little more bench depth. And, and and inevitably someone takes over the game, probably a Janai Bream or Jalen Williams, even with Janai having four fouls. Uh, just just some food for thought. So there's one one team that went to Tennessee and lost on, on Saturday. And let's talk about a team a, a team that traveled to a different part of Tennessee and, and lost a little, little further east in Tennessee, uh, Knoxville, where Auburn women's basketball went and only lost by seven to University of Tennessee, Lady Vols. Guys, this was, I, I will go as far as saying, the best defeat that Auburn suffered all season. I, I mean, I, I know that that is sounds like such an oxymoron, but but hang with me here. I kind of think we were all on the same page that uh, Auburn probably could have lost this game by double digits and we wouldn't have batted an eye. They fought their they fought their ass off. I mean, this 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 was one of those games where you 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 go down, you you go up and you score twenty, you outscore your opponent by four in the first quarter. You have that lackadaisical second quarter where you where you lose that one, and then you, you hang with them toe to toe for the rest of the game. Now, how much of that has to do with, you know, honestly, Scott Grayson, and Aisha Kula Bali, uh, you know, HSG putting up 23 and AC putting up 15. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. And to, to, to quote the, the famous TikTok. But, Daniel, tell me if I'm crazy. I don't think this is necessarily a bad loss. No, it's not. Um, like you mentioned, HSG with 23 points, that is her conference play high. Um, Aisha Kula Bali, another 15 piece. Romy Levy and Sanaya Wells, both at 10. I can't remember the last time off the top of my head. It hasn't been too, too long since um, Auburn's had four players in double figures. Not nearly as long since the last time it's happened, if that makes sense. Right. Like, not no, as long a gap between two of these. Okay. Just want to make sure you're following me. I'm with um, you. And then if you look at Tennessee, Rakia Jackson went off for 27 points. Um, Jordan Horston, 19. Then Tess Darby was 17. But then they held everyone else under double figures. Um, so Auburn did a good job on defense, and I know that 83 points doesn't look like it, but Tennessee had, I think, one or two starters held scoreless. So that's encouraging to see, and this Auburn team can play defense. Um, getting the ball inside, which has been a focus for Auburn all year, they tried to do it in this game, didn't really work out. Only 26 of their 76 points coming within the paint. So not a perfect game, which it's, it's hard to look at a loss and say you played a perfect game, like probably darn near impossible. But like you said, not a bad loss. Could agree more. Uh, Dylan, unless you want to add anything, I wanted to keep kind of moving along because I don't want to take up too much time before we get to Bree and, and what was a fantastic interview and people uh, I'm excited about. Uh, I, I do want to talk a little gymnastics. That That's okay. Yeah. And and talk about, I know I know people are, are going to be up in arms yet again for Auburn, Auburn lost on the road at Missouri. Number 16, Missouri. Let me lead this segment real quick. Sunny Lee didn't compete in the all-around on Sun Sunday. And it's not because she's banged up. Quit pressing the panic button. Don't pause the college loop. Don't go on Google and search things. You're at the point in the season now. Auburn's going to the SEC championships. They're going to wind up competing in the national stage. You want your best talent healthy. And it, it also just kind of wasn't Auburn's night. Um, but it was Sophia Groth, which that's a huge progression. She's just con consistently gotten better all year. And she's, don't get me wrong, very high floor. 
but one of those nights where you're like, okay, our uh, Auburn spotlight is Sophia Groth, and that's not a bad thing because that'll probably be the story of next year, right? Don't press the panic button. This one's fine, right, down, right, Daniel, right, Dylan? Yeah, um, Coach Graves said it over and over again this year. The scores matter way more than the actual result itself. This is Auburn's, I think, first score under 197 this year. So not bad, really. Um, and rest now for Suni Lee and Darion Goborn is way more important than uh, narrowly edging out this victory um, in Missouri. So you're right. You said it best. You want your players or players. You want your athletes to be healthy when it matters the most. And right now is just not that time. Now is the time to get some rest, get some experience for the other um, athletes on the team, and just kind of move forward and see what works. Did want to ask you real quick. Oh, Dylan, did I cut you off? I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, it really shows how deep this team is because, I mean, Suni did not have her best night on bars with, or in a beam. With a beam, that she, she scored a 9-4, on, I think, beam. And she scored a 9-9-5 on bars, which is still – wild because she's like take a little break and then she didn't have her night but the depth auburn scored a meet best uh 49 on floor without darion and suny this team is fine Uh, there's no need to hit the panic button i know that gymnastics uh losing by more than like 0.5 is like a blowout i presume right but i mean you're gonna this is gonna happen whenever you have a national champion caliber team and you kind of want everyone to remain healthy uh, if you don't if you think that they're uh weak or whatever for doing this uh i want you to go out find a gym and uh try to swing on a bar once and uh let me know how that goes for you then come back and talk to me yeah right Definitely. Uh, like I said, it's not one to forget. I mean, this was still a great meet in, in terms of developmental pieces and allowing everybody to get ready in case someone's banged up going down the stretch. This team's super deep and and soon you'll be healthy uh, and she is healthy and Darion, same boat. Just people keep in mind, it's probably the most physically demanding sport uh, in, in period <laughs> um, in terms of full body strength, core strength, upper body, lower body, all of it. Uh, if you don't think uh, an SEC gymnast could kick your ass, um, please see the door <laughs> because they narrator, they could, uh, they are just strong as mules <laughs> and there's nothing. My roommate always about. makes a great point, And I, I love this. It's like, I can go out and throw a football or shoot a basketball. I can't do that. I, I can't sprint across the floor and vault myself through the air and land. Exactly. I can't swing on a bar. Like exactly. Yeah. I just, I love this sport. It's, it, it's beautiful in, in every regard at every level, really. Uh, it's another beautiful sport when it when, when played perfectly. Baseball, man. Auburn baseball back in action this weekend. Indiana uh, came to town. Auburn took two of three against Indiana. Want to just touch on a couple of highlights. I think we're going to try to get Lindsey Lindsay Crosby back on the show later this week so we can talk some Auburn baseball. God knows that guy knows his stuff, guys. And uh, definitely excited to, to pick his brain a little bit. But I wanted to talk a little bit about Joseph Gonzalez is so him. I mean, we knew this, but. Saturday, he's going to be your Saturday starter, so you can flex him if you need to. And double headers, you'll you'll be prepped at all times. It doesn't mess up your rotation. Lindsay brought up a great point. I didn't even understand understand how that worked at the collegiate level. To be honest with you, five uh, five innings pitch, all scoreless, gave up a, a two hitter, uh, one with only fanned one, a lot of ground balls. Dylan and I were talking about that while we were there, and uh, and and a, and a pretty highlight for him. Now, if you want to look at the complete opposite, we can talk about freshman Drew, uh, Drew Nelson, who got the start on Sunday. And and look, don't press the panic button here, guys. I know he only pitched point two of an inning and, and gave up a gazillion runs. And uh, the kids at ERA, I think, is still infinite because he's yet to complete an inning. But uh, it, it's it's not the end of the world. I mean, Auburn ultimately fell, what was it, 11-2? to two? Uh, the, the bats looked a little sleepy this weekend, but it, I think that's just kind of an early season thing. And uh, I, there's not, not a ton of reason to panic. And uh, I think overall it was a good weekend. Right. Yeah. And as for the Drew Nelson thing, I, I kind of call that the Mike Fulton-Evich effect. Um, you just kind of got to shake it off. You got to go out and have a good inning next time, and you'll be good to go. Um, but, yeah, great weekend for Auburn baseball. Hey, and, look at uh, it. Drew Nelson, a freshman, didn't have his uh, – the greatest of debuts. But Ike Irish, on the other hand, popped off, and he won uh, freshman of the week for the SEC because he is him – uh, I, I believe is he a, he's not the first baseman. I, I completely blanked on. I actually, I think he's de aged uh, because he's a catcher. 
Oh, he's a catcher. Oh, I thought he was like, I thought he was an infield, but I, well, I guess he still is. Also, but Ike yeah. Irish, S to your sports name. Oh, great, great name. Sports I name. was telling my girlfriend that. I was like, Ike Irish is such a cool name. That's you got to wonder name. if he had Notre Dame offered. I always think about that. I'm like, if Tommy Sheehan had it, this Ike Irish had to have had it, right? <laughs> uh, Sheehan looked okay. He looked healthy-ish. So, um, which I don't want to put a ton of stock in that, but that's kind of a side note I wanted to throw in there. Ike Irish is him, though. Uh, that, that kid's going to not cover off the ball. And, I mean, I said it once. I'll say it a million times. Lindsey Crosby freaking called it. <laughs> um, he told us to, the he, he was putting the word out there. He was spreading the, the good word of, uh, of Ike Irish. And, uh, well, here it is, folks. Look no further. Uh, we've been spreading the good word of Riellis, uh, Aspen Godwin, and Matty Penta and Pals, as, uh, as, as Lindsey Crosby refers to the softball program, Penta and Pals, which I love that. And we got some Matty Penta ABs this weekend. In the Tiger Invitational, we're going to talk about that a little bit later with Brielle's. When I say a little bit, I mean here in just a couple minutes. Guys, what a weekend for Auburn softball. I mean, this group is, they're exciting. They are they are knocking the cover off the ball. They're, I tried to do the math on the run differential because they don't have it on the Auburn spreadsheet or on the Auburn uh, printable, uh, but I can't do math. So y'all figure that out for me. It's a lot to a little. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I think all but one game this weekend was a run roll, right? Um, uh, uh, two games, two games weren't run rules. Yeah, on Friday they played five innings, eleven to one win over Austin P, and then also on Friday eight zero and five, and then Saturday. Oh the night yeah, game Saturday ten two. Yeah, I was about to say we were quite literally there. Yeah, so in a, in five games over the course of a weekend, Auburn only gave up the seven runs and then scored okay twenty four okay thirty two. Okay, uh, 43 runs. That's, um, you see, that's the kind of math that blows my mind. And I, I, would, just... I was a science, I was a marine biology major for a, a little bit in college before I was like, I don't talk about sports. I just, I just referred to it as a lot to a little. Uh, I, I, works. I think that that, that kind of is, is all encompassing. A, a couple of highlights before we get to, to Brie Ellis and letting her really break down uh, wh- where the vibes are in this team, which narrate, I'll give you spoilers. She said they're high, and I can understand why. Um, <laughs> Nelia Peralta, guys, she simply does not care about your feelings. Not at all. Um, p- opposing pitchers, just don't throw to her. Uh, I'll give you give you a pro tip. There's a handful of girls in this team. Um, Aspen Godwin comes to mind. Um, and when Bree Ellis, who had a very, very good weekend, uh, starts to heat back up, I would not throw her way either. Uh, but Nelia Peralta, 517 and 29 ABs, eight runs, 15 hits. Uh, she's slugging 862, and uh, her on-base percentage is a 622, which I can only assume is a, a foreshadowing to a season that's going to be a 700 season, <laughs> uh, which we can only assume we'll, we'll stay this way the entire year. Uh, but she just doesn't care about your feelings, guys. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, she did hit the first home run of the season, which <laughs> we were so high and mighty on Brie Ellis in that first home run, and I was pleasantly surprised that someone else hit it before her because that just means this team – runs deep and i mean we talk about all the time this team we might see them in oklahoma city very soon and i mean huge shout out to brielle's as well hitting her first home run of the season and i said it to her i'll say it here every softball game i've been to brielle's has had a home run my first game of course was a grand slam so a little salami action for the kid so just to say I'm the ultimate auburn softball fan because yes yes they, they play better whenever i'm there <laughs> This group, Daniel, uh, we we knew that they were special last year, and, and we talked a little bit about it with Bree. I mean, I, a lot of this is foreshadowing, and that's okay. There's no problem with that. This freshman group, they've got the biggest chip on their shoulder in the world. Uh, after the SEC told them, "Yeah, you're okay, but we think you're not even top eight um, or top seven in the league." So have fun with yourself. I would not want to throw against this team. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's just uh, not a lot of holes. And uh, their pitching rotation being three deep now, good luck uh, to those who are expecting to pull out series wins over Auburn. Inevitably, it'll happen. I know. But if, if you do, that's, that should should help your resume a lot because, guys, I think this team it quite quickly could become a top 15, top 10 team in the country. I'm, and I'm not exaggerating. It's a matter of time. That's it. It's, uh, I think a couple of weeks, really. It's, yeah. it's, it's the Mickey Dean effect. And uh, – Man, he got it right. He righted the ship relatively quickly, considering what he what he inherited. Uh, anyways, guys, I don't want to drag on too long. I I'm 
really excited. Let's go ahead and welcome Bree Ellis uh, into the show. We'll flip over to that, and then we'll flip back for just a second to tell you guys, peace out. And uh, make sure you listen to the end of the Bree Ellis, uh, the entirety of, of the Bree Ellis interview. The ending is absolutely hilarious. And uh, she was a fantastic interview. So once again, thank you, Bree, for coming on. Let's hand it over to ourselves in the studio with uh, Bree Ellis. Yes, now it is my privilege to welcome on Bree Ellis of Auburn Softball to talk a little ball with us today. Bree, how are you? Thank you for joining us. Good. How are y'all? Another day in paradise, man. <laughs> Doing just peachy right now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Dan, Dan, you okay over there? You look you look like you're you're trying to lock in. I'm great. I'm I'm great. Yeah, it's good. Glad glad to hear that. We just had a couple of questions for you. I guess we'll just kind of go through. We we put together a bullet point list earlier today. There's kind of um well, it kind of just it's all over the place. So we'll just see how this goes. And and honestly, kind of just rock with the vibes, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh we always open it up pretty easy, give give you a layup. Not in one going into this uh, to start off the season, not getting too analytical right now. How are the vibes around the program, man? Like what, what's what's the morale? Vibes are great right now. Um obviously we've, you know, we got some stuff to work on, but I think we're we're all headed in the right direction. We're all excited uh, to be playing. It's nice to like actually play another team that's not your own. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we're all like we're we mesh really well together. We have a lot of fun together. So, I you know, great vibes. <laughs> there you go. Like I said, the first one's always a layup, and then then we kind of get into the nitty gritty, and now and we'll have a nice little balance of of analytical stuff and, and stuff we wanted to just ask you about your journey at Auburn and your story. Uh, but I I, I did want to kind of start, I guess, from a, a little more of an analytical standpoint. Um, for some reason, your freshman year, no one ever bothered to tell any the, anybody that pitched against you to not pitch to you, um, <laughs> and 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 we still can't figure out why. Uh, so like, why do why do people keep pitching to you? Like, not not actually, but what's your what's, when you get get the box? What's your mindset, and why is it taking the eagle off of the top of the scoreboard? Um, ooh, the eagle. <laughs> that's our. That's always our. Like, we always have competitions to hit the eagle in practice. It's funny. Oh, that's a thing. Yeah, no, it's a thing. And um, Maya Inglekeys, she's crazy strong, and she like will get super close to it. I think the only person who's ever done it in a game was actually an Alabama softball player, unfortunately. <laughs> Bailey Hempel, she is amazing, graduated, but she did do it. So shout out to her. <laughs> Guys, I didn't have a shouting out of Bama softball player on my bingo card for the for the for the show today. Sorry. But I guess I <laughs> Got him, Sorry, got guys. No, you're totally, it doesn't bother us at all. We're just, we're just here to, we're excited to, to be talking ball in general. Uh, I've been a huge college softball guy since I started undergrad, which was, we won't talk about how many years ago. Um, <laughs> but, and I got really into it while I was an undergrad. I personally, like not just saying this, I actually kind of enjoy it more than college baseball. Love them both, but the action in softball is just so like constant and yeah. it's, it's hard to not get really into it. Um, yeah. And Dylan and I quickly became the very loud guys behind home plate last year. So apologize <laughs> for being annoying. You might have heard us uh, last game. Yeah, that, that could have happened. Maybe. I will say but, every game I've been to, you've had a home run in. So you're good luck. I, I guess so. You had a grand slam in my first softball game I went to, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, Auburn University I should re- reimburse Dylan for pretty much every ticket that he's uh, he's ever purchased going going into the gates. Totally. Those, are, those are good numbers. Why Auburn though? You're you're, you're not from Alabama. You're 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 a little bit out further west. Why Auburn? Um, I get asked this question a lot. And uh, the my true answer is I don't really know. Um, sure. I so I kind of had a weird recruiting journey, I guess you could call it. So softball is weird. It um, there was like a rule change when I was in high school in the recruiting process. So I was getting recruited uh, like out of eighth grade just for like my size and. I mean, I wasn't, you know, the best and have the best mechanics, but, you know, when you're like five foot eight at 12 or 13 years old, like people are going to look at you. So I had um, a lot of coaches looking at me, but, you know, being from Houston, my whole family or most of them went to A&M growing up, Texas A&M. And um, I'd always been an Aggie, gone to all the games, all their like little softball camps. I was a huge, like, huge Aggie girl. And so my freshman year, November, um, I was being heavily recruited by a lot of schools, actually, um, mostly in the SEC and Big 12. And um, 
I had actually gotten an offer. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into deal because I'm not. I don't know if I'm allowed to. But I had gotten a few offers from really big schools, and they were great and exciting. But I really wanted to go to AM. So I was like using my other offers as leverage for AM to be like, hey, other people want me. Don't you want me too? And for some reason, I don't know what it was. They just like didn't really want me. So I was, how old was I my freshman year? What are you like, 13 or 14 your freshman year of high school? Like 14 when you start high school. Yeah. So I sat down in the AM like recruiting office and the coach was like, okay we'll give you an offer of 30% scholarship. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like I'm having other, other freaking world series teams offering me as much money as you can give a softball player. And you want to give me 30%, like no way. But I was negotiating as, you know, a 14 year old girl. Oh, sure. Naturally. <laughs> yes. Of lady course. Who, you know, has been in the business for a while, started a negotiation out of nowhere. And somehow I, we made an agreement of, she gave me like a list of a few things to really work on. And within the next like few years in high school, maturing and stuff. And she said, you know, if you get better and these like three areas will raise it to like, I don't even know, like 75, 80%. So I was like, okay, cool deal. So I verbally committed my freshman year. And then when I was a junior or no, I think it was that year they came out with this new rule that was like, you can't talk to college coaches until you're a junior in high school. Because I mean, I think Florida, Tim Walton was starting to recruit like sixth graders. It was getting out of hand. It was getting so out of hand. Color me surprised. It's it's a good, like, it's a good thing they made this rule, but it was like weird timing for me. Um, so I didn't talk to my um, soon to be coaches until, or for like two, two and a half years. Um, and like, they still came and watched me and stuff, but I, we had no contact. I couldn't even talk to them like through my like travel ball coaches or anything. So two or my junior year comes along and it's September 1st and she calls me and um, tells me, so we're going to stay at 30% scholarship. And I was like, oh, I waited two and a half years, worked my butt off for you to keep my, like for you to just break the promise you made to me when I was 14 years old, which I mean, it's a verbal agreement. You can't, but like my little heart was broken. I was heartbroken. Of course. And I had like my whole life planned out for me. It was crazy. And then all of a sudden it was, "Mm, nope. So for an hour after I got off the phone and I guess word got out that I was uncommitted, um, within an hour, I was getting phone calls like crazy. And I was like still crying all this stuff. And I was getting phone calls from like huge coaches. And I was like, I don't want to talk to y'all like Obviously I did, but like, (laughs) give me, let me breathe. (laughs) Right. So the first one, I was actually at PF Chang's eating dinner with my friends, like feeling sorry for myself. (laughs) And, um, I was like, yeah, actually. Okay. So I guess I will say the name because it's important for the story. Like, I really, um, really like looking into Bama right now. Uh, I really like the campus, great program, blah, blah, blah. And then boom, I get a phone call unrecognized number and the location is Birmingham, Alabama. And I was joking. I was like, this is probably them right now. Like joking. I pick up the phone. He's like, Hey, this is Mickey Dean with Auburn softball. (laughs) I talked to you for a second. I was like, okay, sure. So I step outside and talk to him. We set up a visit for the next week. And when I got here, you know, the cliche where it's like, you know, you're home. Yeah. You can tell. Well, I was like, this place is awesome. It's, I think by far the best campus. And I've been to, I mean, a whole bunch of them traveling and stuff. I love the campus. The people are great. Um, At the time I was going into engineering for my major, but I just switched. Um, So it was a good, you know, great engineering school. That was important to me. Um, Just a really good atmosphere. And it was also like, well, the biggest thing for me was that it 
they weren't at the time were not the best program, you know, like you don't, I mean, you go to Bama who was like super dominant at the time a few years ago. Sure. Um, you go to Bama and you're just, you keep winning. You can make a name for yourself, but at the same time, you're a nobody because of the amount of crazy names that have been through that program. So my mom always like would tell me like, you want to go somewhere that you can help them like go up. You can go up and make like, like a little, like a legacy, I guess. Sure. And so I was like, you know, I can really see myself playing on this team and doing some damage in the SEC and like taking us from no nothing to something. And that's just exactly what we did. Our little freshman class are, I think what there's nine girls on the field. There was, it was like six or seven of us were freshmen. We had no clue what was going on. We were playing against, we called them old women because they're all fifth year <laughs> COVID players. Like we were the, I remember some of the, a bunch of the girls on Arkansas were like married and they would play with like their wedding rings on. And we, I was 18 years old, fresh out of high school, playing a woman, a grown woman who's married and like has a job. Oh, it was crazy. And so I just, I, I'm really happy with my decision of Auburn. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's a really unique case we have going for us being kind of like the underdogs from previous years and just no one really, everyone taking us for granted and no one really caring when they see us on their schedule. And now it's like, Oh crap, we have to play Auburn now. I love it. Uh, that, that was, that was, a, that was an Avenue. I didn't foresee happening, but I'm really glad it did. Um, two, two little follow-ups on that one. We, we all understood what you meant by the cliche because all three of us, that's why we went to Auburn and undergrad. Um, I, I had the same moment. So we, we all, we all get it. Um, and then two, uh, yeah, you guys are definitely building a legacy. You don't have to, you don't have to think in, in this and think that it feel that way. Everyone else thinks you are. Um, oh, and also follow up. There's gotta be an AM coach kicking themselves somewhere when they looked at the, uh, uh the whole staff got fired actually. <laughs> The whole staff got fired and my mom loves to say that it's because I, she decommitted me. That's what my mom loves telling everyone. So if you hear that, I, I don't know if it's true, but I, I'm starting fire up the rumor mill, Dylan. We're starting right now. <laughs> it felt it pretty nice to sweep A&M last year though, too. Oh, right? the first series, <laughs> that was everything to me. Y'all don't understand how much that meant to me. And we beat them in, did we beat them in football? And 2022? 22? 21. 21? No. 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 22? We beat him in basketball, though. Oh. That was another. No? Yeah. We did last year. Not, not this yeah. year. Auburn didn't do that Not this year. year. No, I know that. But I'm over Cat Cadillac over here beat, beat A&M last football season. Yes, that's probably what I was thinking of. But no, like we. Oh, my gosh. Sweeping A&M was the cherry on top hitting a home run and rounding third and looking in the dugout and seeing that woman who had those terrible things to say to me when I was 14. Like, I mean, it really doesn't get any better than that. Honestly. I no, it's, po it's poetry. <laughs> we all love being petty on the podcast. Oh, good. Good. good it's good. Dylan's favorite pa uh, pastime. Uh, Dylan, I'm, <laughs> sure. Dylan, Daniel, I'm going to stop hogging Bree here and let you guys start answering, uh, asking questions and I'll kind of facilitate from there. Um, yeah, I know yeah. Dylan had a really, really good one um, about the Bree bombs nickname. Uh, that he came up with the other day, um, and it was ingenious. And I just got to let him play there. So Bree Bombs is your nickname. I mean, yeah. It's like it's on a shirt for for God's sake. But where did that name originate from? I mean, so my parents are kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> my mom is like the equivalent of Chris Jenner, and she likes to call me or call her my manager. <laughs> and my dad's like a huge business guy, like is all about entrepreneurship, putting yourself out there. And so at the beginning of the year, before I'd even hit home runs, he was like, you need a, you need a slogan or something. And I hit one home run in the fall. And I was like, you want me to make a slogan for home runs? And I can't even hit the ball right now. And he's like, yeah. So I guess one day he just started tweeting everything he tweets all the time responds to everything i'm tagged in hashtag brie bombs hashtag this hashtag that and at you know when it started i was like oh my gosh this is so dumb like this is so stupid my dad's going out of his way to do all this stuff and here we are it's stuck and now everyone calls me that not really but like 
I guess they kind of do. They no, they. I was waiting for you to realize that they really kind of do. <laughs> they kind of do. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's just like a funny little thing, and they're so they take it so seriously. I think it's so funny. Hey, shout out the Ellis family, friends of the program. They all follow the the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> friends of the program, certified. So I would say all the great sluggers have more than one nickname, and I have workshopped one. <laughs> I'm not that creative, but I got one. But you know, they got the big hurt. You got big poppy. Babe Ruth has all of them over there. Yeah. And I went off of a little Babe Ruth tangent and I found the great Bambrino. Oh my gosh. <laughs> There's only one problem with that, Dylan. Oh yeah. Here comes the Red Sox fan chirping in. Oh yeah. When when D- I want you to know, Bree, Dylan really literally FaceTimed me when he came up with this and goes, <laughs> I have an idea. And am I allowed to ask Bree about it on the podcast? <laughs> and my response verbatim was, if you don't ask, I'm gonna be freaking pissed. So you I mean, can take that and run with it. I'm sure my team is gonna make fun of me, but who cares? Perfect. That's all we want, honestly. Perfect. There, there may even not be an edited shirt somewhere on our <laughs> on our Canva of a potential. So if you need merch. if you need any NIL ideas, we got we got you covered there, actually. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, you know, Janai Broom's nickname, the street sweeper, actually originated here on the podcast. That's a true story. Um, <laughs> that did happen by accident and got tweeted by the men's basketball page. And then everyone came and liked our tweet and didn't follow us, which was a little fake. Um, but but yeah, that so so we're in the nickname business here. So if you, you can't say you like it if you're not OK with it. Um, just just giving you that heads up. No, I take it. Do it. Love it. All for and, it. Daniel, go right ahead. I know you're chopping at the bit. So which of your teammates are you most excited kind of like see elevate their game to the next level this year? Say that again. Sorry, my teammates what? Oh, gotcha. Which of your teammates are you like most excited to kind of see like elevate their game, um, just start playing at the next level? So I someone who's really I don't want to say surprised me because I don't if she hears this, I don't want her to be mad at me. <laughs> but <laughs> Lindsay Garcia has just completely um I mean, she's shown up and shown out every single game we've played. Um, she's really done a 180, in my opinion. Um, she would get kind of like, um, uh, not emotional, like crying in the dugout, but like she would she would get like really upset when she would, um, like I don't know, strike out or something. But now, one of those where's your hearts on where's her heart on her sleeve kind of people, right? Exactly. Right. And so now she has really like worked hard to kind of control her emotions and everything, which is, you know, kind of hard to do, especially like with all the stress they put on us and everything and just goes out there and just has fun. And you can, I mean, I've never seen her hit so well. And my, well, I guess I've only seen her one year, but I've never seen her hit this well and have this kind of confidence. And she's like completely leading the team has all of us, you know, all of us in a line ready to go. Um, but yeah, I would say Lindsay. And then another person is Annabelle. She's crazy. Um, Different. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, gosh, she just, her, she just barrels the ball so well. And I just love watching her hit because it's so smooth and effortless. And, you know, pitching too, I have to face her all the time. Um, but she's really good. And who else? I know, you know, Denver's coming back. She's been working her butt off. Um, she's she's really into it right now. She was really into it last year. And, you know, what happened really sucked for us. Um, and especially sucked for me because, you know, first base, second base have that kind of um, relationship going. And so having Carly come in, which she did a great job, but um, having Denver back, Denver back is really important for um, the overall kind of energy of the team and um, – yeah, just, I mean, I think our injured players, we're all kind of making a comeback. Um, I think Michaela's doing well. Shelby, oh my gosh. Shelby is the missing piece to the puzzle because last year she still, like, just poor thing was doing her best for us and was just being a really good teammate. And now she had the surgery. She did all the rehab. And now, I mean, every time I have to face her, I just – like I just don't I don't want to I hate facing Shelby because <laughs> I don't think I've ever gotten a hit off her she's I've never seen anyone pitch like that so you're in good company exactly that's and that's a good thing 
So yeah, there's a lot of us that are are really kicking it kicking it into gear this season. You, you talked about Annabelle uh, go hit it and you know playing both ways quite well. Can we just take a half a second to appreciate the Maddie Penta abs we got this past weekend? <laughs> H- how fun was that? <laughs> that I never thought that would ever have. Okay, so funny story is me and Penta are like we have these things called accountability partners, which is exactly sure. what it sounds like. Um, and so that's me and Penta. And so we're always like talking smack to each other. And um, we got really close this year. And so whenever I'm like not hitting or something, um, she'll like come up and say, like, try and give me hitting tips. And I'm like, Penta, you you don't hit. You're a pitcher. You're <laughs> trying to like teach me how to hit. I don't I don't care. I don't want to hear it. And then she's like, I I can literally hit. And so I was like, okay. Come here. So she goes, comes up to the plate. No one else was on the field. It was just me and her. She like throws the ball up to herself. Like she was going to fungo it and just, I mean, hits the ball off the scoreboard. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, I can rake. And so apparently Penta can hit too. I guess she hit in high school. I don't know. She's like six foot eight. I would hope she could hit is what I tell her, but, oh, I wanted her to swing so bad in the box, but Dean said if she swung, he would have taken her out, which <laughs> killed it. But just seeing her in the box was so funny. The Jane B. Moore in its entirety agreed with you. Oh yeah, uh, we we were certified having fun. That, <laughs> that 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 was a good moment. I I, I didn't realize that. I think that was her first co- like collegiate yeah. AB, right? Yep. That's nuts, nutty. That's so funny, Daniel. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I think I think you're about to say something, and I cut you off, but I had to. No, I wasn't doing that one. Did you did you want to add anything there? Or you want me to pass it to Dylan? I know he's waiting to ask something else. All right, Dylan, go ahead. All right. So according to Auburn softball or Auburn athletics, it says you shattered the record. I just wanted to see how did it feel whenever you hit that nineteenth home run. I know you hit twenty, but nineteen broke the record. How did it feel once you hit that nineteenth one? Um, that was really. It was a really special moment for me. Obviously, breaking a record is going to be a special moment for anyone, but just. It had been, I think, I don't know exactly how many games, but it was a long time um, in between my 18th and 19th home run. And I went from hitting home runs like every other game to like, I think it was like two or three weeks before I hit um, 19. And so I kind of like struggled with putting a lot of pressure on myself, you know, trying to hit a home run. And when you try and hit a home run, you'll never hit a home run. So it was just Coach Dean and I kind of like, work together to just focus on just hitting the ball like the home runs will come and by the time we were in the regional because it was at the Clemson regional I did it I was like I wasn't even thinking about it hitting a home run I was like this is like at postseason like I'm not worried about it if it happens great if not whatever but I was just in line drive mode at that time I think I had like two or three really clutch line drives against Georgia that got us the series last year. So it was just, I was kind of rolling with the line drives. Um, And yeah, and it just happened. And I was, I, (laughs) I was so excited. My team was going crazy. I mean, I, they, they're so awesome. They were, they were so excited for me and happy for me and um, uh, just glad it happened. Couldn't have done it without, the great support of them and my coaches and yeah, it was, it was really awesome. And my mom was there. My dad wasn't there, but my mom was there and she was going, she had signs. And so I love it. Yeah. Don't worry. Dad was definitely t- tweeting hashtag Brie bombs. So we're, we're, oh, yeah. I'm sure he had it on lock. He said he was in his little office kind of space area and it was silent and I hit it and he just jumps up screaming, scares everyone. And so, yeah. Perfect. Those are the best kind of parents. Those <laughs> the best. Always keep it yeah. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Kind of tying in there, there had to have been a moment during your freshman year uh, because they pretty much should have named the freshman of the week award after you. Um, after, <laughs> we, we, we said that about uh, about SUNY Lee too in gymnastics. They should just name the uh, SEC gymnast of the week, the SUNY Lee <laughs> yeah. gymnast of the week. Uh, it, it's, 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 it was kind of at that point last year where it's like, guys, we have to write another article about, about Bree being uh, SEC freshman of the week. Shocker. Who's, who wants to pick this one up? What point last year 
maybe you're, you're, you're probably not going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, I'm different because you're, you're a little too humble for that. But at what point last year did you look and be like, all right, you know what? I'm cut out for this. Like this is, I was built for this stage. I was built for this league. It So actually I realized that when I think it was our second tournament playing, we were in Clearwater, Florida. Um, when I had a three run bomb off Texas um, and I bat flipped and Mike White, the Texas coach, who is like a stickler and old school, goes up to Carasoni and is like real classy player you got there. And Carasoni's like, she's a freshman. But yeah, no, I hit crazy good that game. And um, Texas is like at the time and still is obviously was like super intimidating. And that was really our first big game. And um, I was nervous as hell in the box. Heck, sorry, in the box. You can say whatever you want on this podcast. <laughs> I was nervous as hell in the box. And um, at one point I was just like, oh, well, like whatever. And then I take a change up over the stands behind the fence. And I was like, wow, okay, that's that wasn't too hard. That wasn't too bad. Maybe I can do this all the time. And so it just kept going. And yeah. I cannot imagine hitting this that kind of pitching, Dylan, and being like, yeah, that wasn't too hard. Yeah, rub it in a little <laughs> bit more. Why don't you bring <laughs> No, that that was actually a true story. We were in the Eagle Eye and TV, the the student media suite, um, in this in the student center. If you ever make your way down into the deep gallows in the in the corner, that's where they stick the student the journalism kids, um, <laughs> and we never come out until they let us get our two hours of sun a day. But uh, you think I'm joking? Glad you're laughing. Uh, no, we were watching this game together, and and when you, I remember you bat flipping that game, and I looked at Dylan and said, "Oh yeah, this girl's gonna be different. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's gonna be different." Um, narrator, that was one of my better takes. I have some bad ones that we won't bring back up from the past, but that was a good one, so we're gonna stick to that. And uh, that was a, uh, I, I I had a feeling that that Clearwater Invitational had to have been somewhere up there because you knocked freaking cover off the ball uh, that that whole weekend, <laughs> and uh, that that was it was hard to not uh, take notes. And uh, Dylan, is there anything else you wanted to add real quick? Because I, I think I'll add one more. I was I was just going to put up a story about how, I mean, I understand having a little moxie in the, whenever you're oh, yeah. playing some softball. I mean, I, I played slow pitch and I struck, oh, yeah. out, I struck out nine people in slow pitch softball and then I got a little cocky. <laughs> <laughs> the he left off, he like let, he's leaving out the part where he got teed off on the next game for 10, oh, 10 runs. But Of course. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're, we don't count that game. We didn't have all. We didn't. We weren't full strength. We were down a couple players. Yeah, there's a there's a reason that we're on this side of the field and not that one. But um, Bree, we really appreciate you coming on today. Um, it's been a ton of fun, and you're literally welcome to come on anytime. Just text us and be like, "Yo, um, I feel like going and ranting about softball uh, <laughs> or about um, barbecue in Auburn." That's a pretty hot, hot reoccurring topic on the show. Um, by the way, barbecue. Where, where's the best barbecue in Auburn? Since you're from Texas, you got to be picky. I, I've only went, I've only been to one barbecue. And it was when I was visiting here and it was Moe's and it was like a Saturday night when all the like drunk college kids were walking around and there was like one rib left. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'll take it. And it was awful. And I was like, I'm never coming back here. And I was with my dad and even he was like, this sucks. <laughs> That's like, tough. Well, I mean, it's just, it's hard to beat Texas. It is. Yeah. Brisket from Texas is unbe- undefeated. Um, Same thing with Mexican food. I can't eat Mexican food here. You're not a taco mama person? It's Taco mama is the worst. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I'm I found taco- something to dislike about Briellis. That's a good thing. I do not like taco mama. $8 margarita pitchers on Thursdays? Like, where can you go wrong? Well, we can go wrong when we have... 5:30 a.m. workouts on Fridays. No, that's a good point. That's you know what, touche. I'll bow out on this one. Yeah, that 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 that's a good good point. Yeah. Okay. Well, try, try bow and arrow. Not all barbecue in Auburn's bad. And most, yeah, I haven't been there yet. I haven't. Moses usually pretty good. That but bow and arrow is pretty undefeated in their local. So that's cool. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really we really appreciate it, and we've had a ton of fun. Um, like I said, anytime that you want to come on the show and talk about softball, that's totally cool with us we're huge on college softball well women's basketball we're really trying to put promote women's athletics as much as we can it's been a passion of mine since my freshman year um just because i think you guys work your tail off and deserve more recognition than you get yeah um i don't think i know y'all work your tail off so uh thank you so much for joining us today brie and of course, uh, thank you for having me of course dylan i'll let you kind of cut this one whenever you want and we'll we'll hop back into wherever we place this in the episode and you do your little wizardry magic (laughs) yeah i'll try sorry do i leave uh, no, it's fine. He'll cut it, and we'll, then we'll then we'll, we'll we'll drop you out, or you can leave. Do whatever you want. 
I'll just wait. I'll just stay. All righty, guys. Big thank you to Brie Ellis. Big round of applause for Brie. What a freaking interview. Had an absolute blast. So glad she'd come on. Hopefully she comes back on and talks ball. We didn't scare her off. Um, <laughs> her insight is, is truly remarkable. Her passion for the game, incredible. And her lack of experience in Auburn barbecue is simply disappointing. If you're looking for any more of my work, I'm at by Harrison Tar on Twitter. You can find any of my written content at the Auburn Daily. I'm also on the Auburn Daily Show every Wednesday with Dylan Lark, every Friday with Lindsey Crosby. And I'm always hanging around on the college loop that I know Dylan's going to give you the breakdown on. We still don't have a LinkedIn. We don't have a MySpace. Daniel, tell everybody where they can find you. The Opelike Observer, every single Auburn student media outlet. And every now and again, I get to play second string quarterback to Harrison Tar, like on Sunday, covering women's basketball for the Auburn Daily. <laughs> and that's at Daniel J Lock on Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at your boy the tank. That's at Y A B O I the tank. Follow the college loop everywhere except for MySpace and LinkedIn. Even though Tar tried to steal my little joke. But yeah, <laughs> that's everywhere. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's TikTok. That's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, even. And with that, this has been the College Loop Podcast. Don't forget your mailbag questions. <laughs>